All right. Thank you. Right, it's such a truth, and that's just such a great song. The, uh, you know, we, we fight, we bristle, we get frustrated, we get upset about the things, the fire that we go through. But if you don't go any through, through any fire, the gold's not purified. And so it's, it's just, uh, that's the way God works, and, and I thank God that he does so that we can continue to grow. The, uh, uh, we're going to go Matthew chapter 28, believe it or not. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and I say believe it or not because we've been going there pretty often for, uh, uh, for many weeks now, unless God just absolutely directs me away from it. Uh, we've been studying on the commands of Christ, and, and so in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, again, in this passage, we, uh, you know, we never know who's, who's here, who hasn't been here, but it's so important that all power is given unto me, Jesus said, and he said, I'm with you always. So I just want to, I want this to be just implanted in our minds from this point on, because honestly, this is what gets us through the trials of life. Because if all power is given unto him, he has all power, and he's with us always, we're in pretty good shape, no matter what we go through. And so uh, we're going to have a word of prayer and we get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy to us. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would bind Satan from this place, that you would turn back the evil from this place. Lord, that you would use us and that you would provide uh, your strength for this moment. And Lord, that uh, you, you would uh, please just wrap your arms around us as a mighty hedge of protection to us. Please, we need your protection. We need you to guide us and direct us. We ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. And I apologize again. Uh, we, we thought we had this thing fixed, and it uh, looks like we don't. And so we got it breaking up on it. Uh, I'll have to try something else here real quickly. All right. Uh, now, 32 years ago, I began hearing, maybe 33, maybe 34 years ago now, I began hearing a statement, and, we're, and this is going to be a little bit of a revisit, but as I was looking at this, uh, we're in chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, and, and Matthew chapter 7 is a, is a very important passage, and uh, fellas, I'm going to turn this one on right here. Can you do that for me? All right. Um, Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to head today. So if you want to go there, uh, that's where we are in our commands. We've, we've gone through quite a few. I'm not going to reiterate those commands again this morning, although I probably will in the future. But a long, long time ago, I began to hear a statement, and that's, here's where the statement. The statement was, people want our product, they just don't want the recipe. 
People want a product, they just don't want a recipe. And, and by that they mean it's like, you know, oh yeah, we, you know, you want a family uh, that sticks together. You want a family that continues to serve God. You want a family that likes each other. You want a, uh, you know, you want a church where people are happy. You want, you want things, uh, you know, to, to, to go the way you want them. You want to be prosperous. You want to be happy. You want to be content. You want to be joy-filled. You want all those things. But when, when the word of God gives you how to have them, we kind of, we kind of back away from it then. We kind of struggle a little bit then. We kind of bristle a little bit then. But the truth is that there is a recipe. And it's called the commands of Jesus Christ. Uh, he gives it to us. And, and as I said, they, these commands are really the greatest uh, uh, discipleship program that you're going to find in the Bible. If you really want to, uh, when we get done, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to kind of organize this all into a booklet, uh, a, a uh, booklet of discipleship. And, and it's just purely going through the, the, the commands of Christ. But we're going to begin with Matthew chapter 7. I want you to look all the way down to verse 24. And uh, because after chapter, pretty much these commands start in chapter 5. And, and then we go to chapter 6, chapter 7. At the conclusion of chapter 7, this is what Jesus said. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. So first thing you want to notice here is that even though they're building the house properly, and, and just so you know, when it talks about the house here, it's talking about your marriage. It's talking about your own personal life. It, it's talking about uh, your family. It's talking about the church, uh, you know, the church family. It's talking about relationships in virtually every venue. That house that you build, God says, even though you build it properly, the winds and the rain and the storms still come. So don't be shook the fact that you're going to face some adversity. You're going to face some heartache and some hardship. And then it says in verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And he said, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, now notice that the rain and the wind, the storm, comes to both. It comes to the people serving God. It comes to the people not serving God. It comes to the people trying to live according to God's word. It comes to the people who are not living according to God's word. The wind and the rain storm comes to everybody. We all live on the same planet. And you know, when a storm comes through here, it comes for everybody. And so uh, that's what's happening. But the key in this is the first one. It says that if you hear my sayings and do them, the second one says, if you hear my sayings and you don't. And so the whole thing, the house upon a rock or house upon a sand is based on uh, not just hearing because it says both groups hear. You know, truthfully, in every service I've ever been in and preached a message like this, everybody in the service hears the same message if they're awake. Amen. And so most of you are hearing this. But everybody hears the same message, but whether you respond to it, whether you accept it, whether you do it, that's up to each individual in here. That's right. And honestly, some will and some won't. Right. 
And, and people will say, man, you know, we, I came to church and I was in church and I came to every service and I was faithful and, and nothing turned out right. Well, let me, let me just help you. It wasn't just sitting in a pew and hearing is what did you do with it? What did you do with it? So now a wise man builds his house on the rock of the principles of the word of God. Matthew 7 has at least six direct commands that are instrumental in building a life, a home, a family, a church upon the rock. We got at least six in here that are direct commands. Now, there are actually seven major principles, but there's at least six direct commands. The foolish man builds his house on the sand of procrastination, self-indulgence, Self-will, self-determination, and reason. It's got to make sense to me. Let me help you. Not everything God says makes sense to me. Not everything he said, it, because it doesn't have to make sense to me, it makes sense to him. And so the promise is that one will stand during the storms, the other will fall. In this passage, you see the vital commands, which effectively are some of the ingredients to building a right foundation of a life. And again, I want to reiterate a life, a family, just, you just implied in any one of those categories. You begin in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. We, we covered that last week, and I'm going to just hit it very quickly. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged, for what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And what, what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And so uh, we studied last week and we found out last week that this judge not is not just, you know, I don't like the way you dress or I like the way you wear your hair or I like the way you, you, know, you look. It, you know, uh, that's not the kind of judgment it's talking about. This judgment is bringing vengeance. It's seeking vengeance against someone. It's seeking that someone will have to pay for what they have done. And so now it says, judge not. A home built on condemnation will fall into scorning, criticism, attack, and negativity. You see, a home built on seeking vengeance is a home built on the sand. Folks, uh, the, the, this is so vital right now. It's so vital. The, I said this and, you know, a couple of years ago here, but I'm going to say it again because you didn't hear it then. Uh, but, but the fact is, is that, that my wife said to me years and years ago, she said, your greatest gift is discernment. But folks, for many years, I didn't think that was really true because I wasn't even sure what she meant by that. But as time went by, I realized that, that I had a little red light that would go off in my head about when I'd, honestly, when I'd meet certain people or, or I'd be in a certain environment or I'd see something. And, and it seemed like everybody else was oblivious to it. It was terrible for me to go. I, I was over discipline at the college for a while and the kids hated it because they'd walk in and all these other men would sit and listen to their story and go, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, and I'm, and I'm like, I, I wake up fellas. They're lying. And they say, how do you know? I said, man, look at his eyes. Look at, watch how he's breathing. Watch how he's sitting. Watch how. And they say, really? And I said, yeah. How, they say, how do you know that? I don't know. I just know. And then I'd finally look at the kid and say, hey, time out. We're not, we're not going to go any further because you're just going to get in deeper. You're going to get in more trouble unless right now you tell me the truth. And there we go. It was wonderful because in a Bible college, they're all, you know, most of them anyway, got the Holy Spirit inside, so it's really easy to see them break. And so, <laughs> but the fact is, is that I, I really struggle with it. But now the flip side of discernment is a critical spirit. Right. That's right. 
You see, because you can automatically think, uh, you know, what I'm thinking is absolutely right. So if I look at Mike and all of a sudden I first meet him and all of a sudden I, and this is exactly what happened, I think, oh man, this guy's a criminal. Uh, now, the fact is, is that I look at him and, and something inside, red light's going off, red light's going then I can have a tendency to say, that guy's no good. But I don't know that. Because no man can know another person's heart. We got to have facts, truth to back that up. And so it's a dangerous place to be. And I'll be honest with you, my wife helped me so much as we were coming along in our early years of marriage because I would just have a tendency to just shoot and say, oh no, they're no good. And my wife said, Rob, Rob, uh, you, you got to look for the good. And, and I say, I, I, I struggled. I mean, even driving down the road, you know, she's, all, she's super positive about everything. You know, we're driving down the road, somebody keeps, you know, cutting me off or they're weak even in the road, or, and I'd say, they're drunk. She said, Rob, they may just be really old. <laughs> she was behind Brother Allen. And so, but, you know, I, and she would make me, you know, just, uh, okay, regroup and realize I really don't know who's in that car. And what the bad thing is, is that God would, was trying to teach me so Several times in a row, we'd finally pull up beside him, and, it, you know, it's, it's Grandma. <laughs> you know, she's looking through the steering wheel, Miss Johnny May. And so, uh, <laughs> so, now, but a house built free of a condemning spirit is built upon the rock. You know, we really do. She's helped me so much to just stop and look at the positive. Just look at the positive. Uh, she's always just looking and saying, Rob, we've got to see, look for the good. Look for the good. And truthfully, that was transforming to me uh, to stop and say, you know, that's exactly what God said to do. Whatsoever things are good, uh, lovely, and just, and uh, you know, to, true, uh, lovely, and just, look on these things. Look on these things. And so you've got to make an effort. And if you don't do that, that critical spirit will destroy your home. It'll destroy your life. It'll I watch this, folks. It'll destroy the church. It doesn't take much critical spirit inside of a church before it just starts spreading like a cancer. So uh, that's that's the the first one we covered that. But but now Matthew chapter seven verse six. This is really strange when in in, in the midst of all this about building a house upon the rock rather than a house upon the sand, we've got a really unique command comes in here. Look at this in verse 6. It says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Where did that come from? I mean, you know, all of a sudden we start talking about hogs and dogs. This passage demonstrates so the importance of the immediate context, but also the chapter context. Now, now watch this. Context is so important. Are you or just all of a sudden clueless? What, what in the world does this mean? Where does it come from? Well, let me just help you. First, God said, we just saw, judge not to be not judged. So we're not to judge or vindicate ourselves against someone who has done wrong, or, or for we are just as guilty and wrong ourselves. God says, you know, you're no better than anybody else this room. Did you understand that? Nobody in this room is any better than anybody else in this room. 
You say, well, oh, I don't know. You know, I, you know, I do this and do that. And they, I, I know. No, 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 no. Uh, in the sight of God, sin, look, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. So I, I don't think that, that really anybody can condemn anybody else, can want judgment on somebody else. I'm real slow to pray. As a matter of fact, I, I really, I've taught myself I don't even do it. I, I'm hesitant to pray on, on uh, uh, you know, God, why don't you bring judgment on them? There's so much wicked and wrong and evil out there. Why, why don't we see judgment? You know why I don't do that? Because I deserve it too. And so uh, the, the fact is, is that I'm thrilled that God has grace and mercy. And so, uh, but, you know, we nevertheless, in this context, though, you see that judge not, you be not judged. The very next verse now, it, it's it, what it just told us uh, was, it was give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine. I believe in this immediate context, we see that we should not judge, but we should allow the word of God to judge. You see, we need to be alert from the word of God to people who are talking contrary to the word of God. Why is this so important? Because, folks, if you spend time in the hog pen, you're probably going to come out stinking. Do you understand? Uh, you know, we, we, we didn't exactly raise hogs, but every once in a while, my dad, my dad would get something. You remember that time we got 200 chickens? You do remember when we killed 200 chickens in one day? Yeah, you got to. You chopped their heads off. So my dad's out there grabbing a chicken, you know, in each hand and going, you know, you know, you know, and we watching the little bodies run around. My brother would do that. It's not humane. So he's up there trying to chop their head off. And so, uh, but, you know, we would raise hog every now and then. And, and, but, you know, that pen is nasty. That pen is nasty, and you get over in that into that pen, you come out nasty. And so God's saying, very, very, look, don't waste your time. When you realize that you're in that environment where people are mocking the word of God, where people are against the word of God, and you keep trying to work, there's sometimes that you need to leave a track and walk on. There's sometimes that you just need to move away. There's sometimes that you just need to say, I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that. And so that's kind of the immediate context. If, if we find ourselves with such people, we should not continue in debate with them. We should not continue to attempt to win them over, uh, over with the truth, for they are despisers of the truth. They will simply use or rather misuse whatever you say to attempt to destroy you. You say, where do you get this? Proverbs 9, verse 7 and 8 says, He that reproveth a scorner geteth to himself a shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man geteth to himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Listen, God says there's sometimes you just need to walk away. Just need to walk away. The chapter context, though, is concerning building uh, your house upon the rock. And, and so I believe this verse also has a very clear kind of chapter uh, uh, meaning. The house represents a family, uh, a life, a family, a church. It's clear that we must possess something that is holy. Look, I believe God's saying, get, if, you, if he's telling you not to give that which is holy to the dogs, we must, as Christians, possess something that's holy. You can't give away something you don't possess. 
So he's saying, don't give that possession away. Uh, now, he says that, that which is precious. We must possess something that's precious. That's the pearl, the precious value of a pearl. He says, uh, don't give that away. It's clear that some give away that which is holy to the dogs. Now, what are the dogs? By definition, that's a man of impure minds, a degenerate, worthless mind. And God says, I possess something that I can give away to the world's mentality, give away to people who will influence them. And, and I believe that this is two major truths here. Number one, it is the truth of the Word of God. When I possess the truth of the Word of God, I should not give that to the world, those of adulterous minds that let them twist the truth and take it away from me. But, there's, but as it talks about the family in here, so importantly, this is talking about, I believe, about the greatest possession you have, and that's your children. The greatest possession you have, and that's your children. Give that what not uh, that which is holy. Give not that which is holy to the dogs. You see, uh, we if we're not careful, we will let the world have our children. We'll, they'll influence them through games. They'll influence them through movies. They'll influence them through music. They'll influence them through talk show. They'll influence them through education. They'll influence them, and it's the world's philosophy, the world's teaching, and we take our children and we give them to them. Give that, that which is holy to the dogs. Holy means sacred. And amazing, it means physically pure, morally blameless. That's the definition of that word holy. Physically pure and morally blameless. When we, when we give our children to the dogs, that which is holy to the dogs, what we, what we do, and, I'm, and again, I apply this to the church. If a church gives their children to that which is to the dogs, we're influencing them to impurity, to immorality. You know, there's, there's things, and whether we would agree with it or not, there's, there are certain influences that will influence someone to moral, immorality. I, I'm going to just say it. There's certain music that, that is designed to, to stir up your body toward immorality. There are certain things that you can watch and images that you see that we're acceptable today, but they're really stirring up immorality, impurity. Now, it's in the context of this passage, the most holy thing you have is your children. And so uh, then he says uh, uh, to, to cast your pearls before swine. Listen to this. To cast means to give over with uncertain results. The swine is, is, of course, the hog, but the hog lives in the mire for its own desire. It, look, a hog just lives to eat. A hog just lives to wallow. A hog just lives for its own desire. It cares nothing about it. That's why, you know, that, that both the dog and the hog will eat their own young. No, they don't always do it, of course, but they will. And, and, and look, that shows the, what's, what's happening inside these creatures, the degradation of these creatures that God is talking about. So now, God's saying, 
that we need to be very careful that we don't give away our greatest influence. The children of this church, the children of our home, our grandchildren, we don't allow that influence to carry them away. See, a right influence on your children with a house built upon the rock. And I don't mean, you know, you just, you know, separate them from it. They, they, you know, you got to live in the world without be of the world. So we got to exist and live in this world, but we got to teach our children not to be of this world. And then the, if you go to verse 7, verse 7, and I'm not going to be able to finish these today, even these six here today, but it says the very next command in this chapter 7, talking about building a house, a home upon the rock, is, it says, ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, for everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, to him that knocketh it shall be opened, for what man is there of you, whom if his son shall ask bread, will he give him a stone, or if he ask a fish will he give him a serpent if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him hey, listen this is such a uh, now this is a very positive principle here ask and it shall be given you this is talking about prayer this is talking about prayer God commands us to pray God commands us to come to him and tell him what we need God commands us to come ask of him. He tells us that this is very, very important that we come to him in prayer. And folks, again, one of the things that will transform a life, a home, a family, one of the things that will do that is something called prayer. You say, why is that important? Because when your children see you, not in perfunctory prayers where you just, oh, Lord bless this food, amen, let's, uh, uh, let's see. and that's what they see. No, when, you, when they know that there's a need in the family, when you look to your children, uh, as my girls, uh, one, uh, many years ago, uh, they needed uh, a little coat uh, for the winter. And so Joe Beth got them together. We were college students, lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and, and, uh, and she gathered together the girls and said, my Mom and daddy don't have the money to buy coats. And so we're, you girls, we're going to pray for coats. And, and within th three or four days, a giant box arrived at our house from our aunt down in Georgia. She, she wouldn't even know what northern winter coats are. And so, but we opened up the box and there was a coat for every one of our girls, the exact sizes that they needed. You know what that does to those little girls? It makes them realize this is not just some prayer to something out there that nothing ever happens. This is real. It's real. And it's so vital that we, we be a people that, that when there's, look, not just when there's a need, but we have a relationship with God in our home that when there is a need, ask. Seek. Knock. He said, it'll be open unto you. God will meet the need, but it's, he's, he's going to tell us that this is necessary to have a, the foundation, a rock, a foundation. And look, when, when it's not there, when prayer is not in the home, we're building a home upon the sand because it's not real. We're performing something. We're going through the motions of Christianity. We're coming to church, and, and forgive me again, folks, but this is what hurts so many. You come to church, we sit in the pew, we have our kids there, uh, we get done, we go home, and if, we, if that happens Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and nothing in our life ever changes. 
Never do we go home and say, you know what? Or never, forgive me, but never do we come to an altar and just bow our knees with our children and say, you know what? We got we to gotta get some things corrected in our home. We got we to gotta make some changes. We need to pour out our souls to God. Listen, when, when, your ch- when your children know that your prayers are real and heard by God, their foundation is strong. I, I, I read some just the other day, my, my son-in-law, our youngest daughter, and they've begun their deb- debutation now, and, and he wrote about how he's having to learn this life of faith, traveling without an income and traveling, you know, to raise support. And, they, you know, they, he left, finally left his job. And, I, and he said, this is new to me. He said, ever since I was basically 14 years old, I've worked a job. I've taken care of my needs. But he said this. He said, but Tara seems to understand it. And I don't know if he used the word easy, but she understands this life. Well, I wonder where she would be if she had never seen God's supply. Well, I'll just tell you where she'd be. She'd be scared to death right now riding around the country with a husband that, that has no income. How are we going to eat? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? But when she's grown up, seeing God supply miraculously supply you know that that little girl when she was seven or eight nine years old we we were traveling in california in a a van a church allowed us to borrow we are actually going all the way from california all the way down to san francisco i mean uh, not california uh, washington state seattle all the way down to uh san francisco and we had meetings for three weeks all up and down the coast there and and, and we were in that van, and, and one night we just, we were driving, or it was late afternoon, we were driving, and, and all of a sudden something snapped in the van, something went wrong, and, and we coasted off and, and right up to a, a, a mechanic shop, right off the, the, and so when we got there and came in, and, and the fellow said, well, we can work on it, but we're here over, you, know, you have to stay here overnight, no way we can do it tonight, and, and, and we, we honestly had just enough money uh, to get a ho- one hotel room, and we and we went out and got one pizza for for all of us. We walked to a place, got one pizza for all of us. We we came inside, and Joe Beth, as she always did, she made it a party because we're not stranded, we're not scared, we're not anything. We're having a party. We're having a pizza party in this hotel room tomorrow morning. We got nothing for breakfast tomorrow morning. We got uh, no way to pay the bill on our van. I didn't carry a credit card because I wanted to know that God would take care of us, not not a credit card take care of us. And so we got up the next morning. We went to the to the place and and uh, uh, walked in and and they uh, he said it's going to be this afternoon so we we just went and walked around the park for a while and and we did different things that we had to check out of the hotel and we we just uh, we we went around we really didn't have anything to even to eat for lunch and and then then that afternoon they let us put our girls down in in the shop that they had there in the front office they all laid down on pallets in the shop there and and so when we got completely done the guy came up to me handed me a bill for over nine $900. And I looked at him and, and, uh, and my wife is back there with the girls. And, and I just said, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? 
And the fellow looked at me and, and, and he just stared at me and I said, can I use your phone? And he said, well, sure, what do you, what do you need to call? I said, I'm sorry, it's gonna be a long distance call, but I, I just try, I need to make some phone calls. And he said, uh, okay, but for what? And I said, I, I, I gotta get you the money. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, I gotta get you the money. He looked at me and he said, sir, look down at the bottom. It says paid. When, you, when your children see that there's a God and they won't believe there's a God unless they believe that you believe there's a God. And they'll only believe that you believe if you pray. You see, these commands of Christ, they're not all don't do this and don't do that. This is positive. Ask. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, <laughs> and it shall be open unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth to him that knocketh, it shall be open. And why? Because God knew that if we're going to have a foundation that's on the rock, it's got to be real. This relationship with Almighty God's got to be real. It's got to be somebody that you go to believing he hears you. Now, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't mean he always gives you whatever you want. But he will take care of your need. I can't say that anybody handed us cash that day to go eat. But I can tell you this. We never did starve to death. He'll always take care of you. If you keep seeking him. Keep believing in him. Keep trusting him. Those are just the first three. And I plan to go through about seven of them, so here we go again. I never get to where I plan. It's the reason that, once again, and I haven't announced it, but this December I've got uh, a prayer revival scheduled. And I'm scheduling it for December because I want us to Pray and get our hearts really in tune with God so that when January starts and we do our 21-day corporate fast, that I just believe that God's going to do something. But we need to be a people of prayer for the children in this church, for the children in our homes, for our spouse. Can I tell you? For my own life. Anybody here you ever get discouraged? Anybody here you ever feel like, I think I'm failing? Anybody ever feel that way? 
I just think, I think I'm failing. And the old devil will start to tell you, you know, you, you don't have this talent, you don't have this ability, and you can't do this. And, and all of a sudden you feel like, God, am I? Am I really, am I doing anything for you? Well, I had one of those nights just this past week. He said, what did you do? I took off for a walk. And I said, Lord, don't let me fail the people. Don't let me fail you. And this is where I had planned to do one point. And the Lord said, no, you're going to teach on the family. This chapter that you teach on the family. And God said to me, what are your children doing right now? And I'm not going to make longer. And, and, and this is not everybody in here succeeds in areas. You know, my brother can build anything. If I pick up a hammer, my wife cries. <laughs> Brother Roy can organize anything. I already told him, you know, if we're going to get this booklet done on these commands of Christ, you got to do it. Because I'm, I'm not it's not my ability. But somehow, along the way, God allowed me to make some right decisions for my wife, for my children. And God said, you didn't fail. You didn't fail. Now, I beg you, don't take these as negative commands. These are all for us so that we can have a house upon the rock. That when the wind comes, the rain comes, and the storm comes, you don't fail. You don't fall. You don't crumble. Because you've got a God that you can go to and say, oh, I sure need you right now. And he says, that's all I was waiting on. Ask. Seek and not. Father, I ask you to bless this morning, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that